Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. This is the T.K. Kirkland Show, ladies and gentlemen. T.K. Kirkland Podcast, I've got some interesting stuff for you. But before we get into that, one of the things that I try to um, stay away from is how you know, I wasn't I wasn't for Trump and I wasn't for Biden, mm-hmm. but they always want to get the black vote, mm-hmm. right? We always get the black vote, and then they forget about us every right. time. But we have to vote because we are we are where where we left in a situation crazier than what we're going through now. Like a lot of people think that the Afghanistan situation is bad, and it is. Yeah. But I guarantee you, if Trump would have been involved, it would have been something worse. <laughs> That's just my opinion. To the people yeah. who are listening to the show, who are Trump supporters, I don't really yeah. give a fuck about Trump or Biden. I'm just giving my opinion on this Afghanistan sure. situation. Yeah. But, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what this is about today. What this is about today is I met this young man in Jackson, Mississippi. Was it Jackson, Mississippi? No, no, Hartford, Connecticut. Wow, see, that's how far I'm He was in Hartford, Connecticut, ladies and gentlemen. He came to see my show. He was so impressed. He came back again the next day to see the show and to tell me about his business, about financial literacy, and how he wanted to help people or not. I liked his approach. And this was a few weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. I've just been so busy. Like, I'm at the airport now. I've just, okay. just been so busy to get this brother... And we finally did it. And yeah, I'm going to let this brother talk. I want everybody to get a pen and piece of paper because, see, Julius, a couple of years ago, I was telling everybody about EIN numbers, LLCs. I didn't know the pandemic was going to happen. I just wanted people to have their shit together to be in order to have a, a business. You know, you whether you did something or not with it, you could say you had a business. You never know when it's going to come in handy. And before we get into what you tell them, I'm telling people now, if you've got children, get them an LLC. Get them an EIN number now as their children. And what happens is even if they work for you, they don't work for you. You call your kids or people that you love independent contractors. That way they have their own business. They've got their own 109. You sign and you pay the company, you pay the corporation, then they pay themselves. It's a cold move. So I want people to know, get yourself an EIN number, LLC, even for your children. If you have a company, hire them. But in a sense, you hire them as an independent contractor as their company, and you hire their company, the name of their company, instead of hiring them. And you create a corporation where they have a profile for 10, 15 years. By the time they get older, they have a history of business, and you'd be surprised what you can do with that. Awesome. Awesome. Can I just take a minute, TK, and uh, give you your roses as well? Because I first heard about you. I saw you on the Breakfast Club about Mm -hmm. four years ago. And that's when I, you know, got a peek of, you know, 
who you were, you know, even though you've been in the business for a long time. You know, I, I, the name's been always out there, but I never really, you know, um, got a chance to really get an idea of who you were. And I saw you right. like, do this interview. I said, oh, this boy, this, this man is interesting. And, um, mm-hmm. and you're sharing your story. And um, so when I had an opportunity to see you stand up, I, you know, I, uh, I was like, wow, okay, well, I got to take a chance to, I mean, take an opportunity to take it, uh, to, to, to meet you in person and hear right. what the was all about. So what was interesting at that night, actually, it was a first date situation for me mm-hmm. uh, that I was on. So I, I didn't know what I was walking to with the first date thing, but, um, um, but, uh, and you tend to, you know, you, you called me out a bit because, uh, I was sitting front row. And, mm-hmm. uh, but the thing that interested me when you started talking about life insurance, how you need to get your life insurance straight, I was like, life insurance? What comedians talk about life insurance? <laughs> 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 and so that kind of like, whoa, blew my mind. And because, you know, I, I work as an independent insurance agent. I actually um, been doing it for the last 15 years. Okay. Um, and, um, but anyway, you caught, my, you caught my ear. And there's two comedians. That uh, I, the three, I'm gonna say no four. Sorry about that. Okay. That 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 uh, and you're and you're one of the four that really intrigued me when it comes to their their stand up because I find it not only funny but educational. Right. Yourself, David Chappelle, Chris Rock, and Godfrey. Um, that's a good category to be in. Good company I to be in. I love it. I love it, man. And uh, and so so you blew me away. And so I said, you know. Um, I, I got to go back and at least let this brother know, hey, um, this is what I do. And then when you told me about your podcast, I said, let me listen to his podcast so I can, you know, be up on what some of the stuff he's talking about. Right. So obviously, I went to the segments that you were talking about, life insurance. I think you did mm-hmm. like three segments on that. And there's a brother, I think his name was LaShawn or LaShawn. Yes, yes, my man. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. And so he was talking some things about, insurance, and mostly with the property casual, PC type stuff, but he touched about life stuff. And I wanted to also touch upon a little bit of some life stuff that I think that will also be helpful too. Okay. Just to, just to dig a little deeper on that because when I um, decided to go into business independently as a financial consultant, I had to decide which lane I wanted to go down because that's such a broad um, you know, area when we talk about financial consulting, right? Right. Um, and so I decided to focus strictly on life insurance type products. Okay. Um, so I had uh, opportunity to be trained by someone who had been in business over 40 years as an uh, insurance agent, but he had an actuarial training. Okay. So actuarials are people that actually make up the numbers that decide on how these products are designed and built, right? Mm-hmm. And then companies go out there and market them, then they get agents to sell them. So when I was, uh, what intrigued me about him and, 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 make, and me actually making the decision to go into the life insurance was he was doing these um, seminars all around the country, training agents that have been in the business for 20, 30 years. Once again, find myself one of the few people of color in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around and I'm saying, wait a minute. They've been selling this stuff for, um, you know, 20, 30 mm-hmm. years and had mm-hmm. no idea and just learning now what the hell they've been selling. Yep. <laughs> so that kind of 
gave me one of those aha moments. And um, and once I got, um, you know, more informed and educated about, um, you know, how these, the difference between term life, whole life, universal life, rare, all these different variations. Of mm-hmm. life, I said, you know, there's, there's a lot more to this. Right. Um, and that's when I said, you know what, this is the lane I'm going to go down because, number one, what I find is that there's very few people in this industry that are independent yes, and also have the knowledge when it comes to understanding the contractual side of these things. That's true. Um, you have most, to teach these people Yeah. because if, they, if, you, if, you, if you really can't explain it, they don't yeah. get it. They just say life insurance, not yeah. knowing that whole life insurance is like a savings account, right? Right. Yeah. And then um, um, short-term insurance is an insurance that after nine years, they got the thing called surrender your account, and they give you your money back. That's right. And I explained to them how with this, you got to be careful what you eat, what you put in your body, because after the first round, when they surrender your account and you want to re-up, now they send the doctors to your house to take your blood, right? They yeah. sit right in your face. And they ask you questions, and people are not knowledgeable on what to say. So the first thing they say to you, do you smoke? Most people will say, yep, every motherfucking bank. Do you have diabetes in your family? Yep, my mother had it, my dad had it. Not knowing just because your parents had it don't mean you got it. They write all this stuff down to deny the man, the African-American man, for getting life insurance. They'll deny, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen to me. They will deny you. The lady told me when she did this to me years ago, she said, Ah, you're too healthy. You're boring. I almost, I felt insulted that she said that to me. I really did. Because she's used to blacks being unhealthy. That's right. That's right. There was no way she could deny me. Right. Right. But go ahead. I'm gonna let you pass. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, 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 absolutely. And uh, and that's one of the really benefits of really having an agent, really to kind of help you, you know, through that underwriting process. Um, you know, having someone that um, can hopefully, you know, can explain to you mm-hmm. the contract. Well, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Yeah. And then we could, we're gonna be on this phone for a while, so it's cool. Okay. Good. How do we help the average person, even the, the above average? how to protect themselves over guardianship, which is a major crime in this world that people are not aware of. Okay. The guardianship is killing people mm-hmm. as they get older, and mm-hmm. people are hit with it in their 60s and 70s because they don't see it coming, right? Mm-hmm. So what we got to do today, explain to my listeners how to protect themselves from guardianship because once the state come get you, once they take your parents, your grandparents, or you, money in your accounts and everything you own, they'll take it from you. You from your your kids can't even touch it. They'll hide the, they'll hide you to the point that your kids can't find you. Mm-hmm. How do we protect these people from that? Mm. Um very good question. Um you know, uh, mm. Mm. I, <laughs> but, you know, what I try to do 
um, is prepare people ahead of time, you know, when okay. it comes to some of these things. Um, uh, you know, I, one, what, what, I, what I was really looking to dive more into is the contractual side of some of these products when it comes to the life insurance to explain that. Yeah, we can do that. We're going, and, I just threw that in there. We'll double back. I just wanted to. Yeah, 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 the guardianship. And so, um, you know, uh, one of the things when I sit down and talk to people about, like, okay, what's your strategy? What's your plan and in, in, in what you're trying to go and what you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's so important. And what I find is that most people don't have a plan and strategy. In place they sure don't. Themselves. And that's what really comes back to bite them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's important to have a will, a trust, yes. these things in place. I say there's four things. Before you start, because one of the things that people want to quickly, you know, start doing is, hey, man, you know, how do I, how do I, how do I, you know, uh, what stock should I buy? Or I want to learn more about buying, getting into the market, you know, because they're hearing this stuff about Bitcoin and things. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So when they hear about, oh, financial guy, they want to all night to go to talk about what's, whatever's hot at the time, you know, mm-hmm. the market, what's going on. But I say before you can even start investing, whether it's in the market or even buying real estate, you should have these four things in place. Number one, life insurance. Mm-hmm. Number two, four to six months of savings. Um, number three, make sure you got your credit card debt in a manner mm-hmm. where yep. you know you're not, you know it's not robbing you of 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 of, of your um, of your savings. Right. And number four, you got to have a trust and will in place. So mm-hmm. I think when you say guardianship and having these things in place really is the key to help prevent some of that stuff down the road. Um, um, so to me, I think those are the foundations. Okay, I like that. I think that's the right. Now, here's the question. As Every year I'm adding something to my life. And you can say to do a trust and a will, but sometimes you don't have some of the things you have acquired yet. Right. So how do you do that? Like, okay, say next year I know I'm going to make $17 million and it's on paper, but I die today. But that $17 million has had out of my account. How do a person protect themselves? A deep, uh, right? Yeah, that is. Um, <laughs> well, you know, and, 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 and that's, one of the benefits of having life, the proper life insurance in place. So or, a proper will. or a proper Say again? will. Or a proper will. Or a proper will. Right, right. Updating these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're saying about um, future value, um, that's where term has its proper place. Um, if you don't mind, I want to go into a little bit of the insurance side of things because really that's, you know, that's really my, my, my specialty area. Okay. That in, in insurance products, and we're going to talk about the pension plan because when I when I did approach you, I was talking to you about pension plans, self-funded pension plans. Okay. Like so for that- my listeners who listen, he didn't really have an answer for what we do. So, ladies and gentlemen, explain to you. Just have everything in order, and if you could put things in writing, knowing that you know what your future is, put that in writing. As we always say, and people have been listening to me. Before, five, six, seven years, CYA, cover your ass. Now, again, get your pen and piece of paper out. This brother is about to drop some gems on us that we can use as we get older 
ladies and gentlemen. And to get your attention real quick, James Brown died in 2006, ladies and gentlemen, and didn't have a will. His estate was in probate for all these years. It just settled two months ago. The bad thing about what people don't see, let's say that he had seven, ten people who was fighting for his estate. All ten of those people, let's say all ten of those people had an attorney, right? After all these years of the fighting, the back and forth, at the end, ten attorneys took one-third of whatever was left in that pot and left it. Whatever's left is left for the family members. My point, if you have a family relative, you've ever come into some money, Make sure you guys have an understanding and please talk to each other because if you don't talk to one another, you're going to end up with zero. End up with zero. Another person who did it, just to get your attention for this young man, Julia starts talking, Aretha Franklin, when she died, she had $80 million. No will. Her shit is still in probate. By the time they're done, her kids might be dead because they're already in their 60s and 70s. Ladies and gentlemen, Prince, when he died, didn't have a will. One of the most incredible geniuses in the world didn't have a will. Did not have a fucking will. Dick Gregory, when he died, didn't have life insurance. Julius, you can yes, you sir. can go ahead now. I think I got I your attention. You. And, and, and I take it a step further. I would say any assets over three hundred thousand, you should be talking to someone about a trust mm-hmm. because a trust speaks for you. With a trust, you give direction. You say, such as an example, um, you know, instead of someone just being a beneficiary of a bunch of money with no direction, and they end up, you know, taking that money and blowing it right. uh, for you. You say, hey, no, you have to finish college, or you uh-huh. don't get this amount of money at this stage of your life. Um, so it gives some type of direction um, for how you want that money spent and direction. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why it's so important um, when you look at, um, um, you know, your, your family situation. Um, okay, wow, uh, I don't want to just give this money and they spend it irresponsibly. Uh, right. That's a lot and of money that I'm looking in at. In your world. In your world and what I've seen in my lifetime, yeah, they run through it. They run through it. That's why you have to sit down with someone, a lawyer, and and get together and and talk and talk about a trust. Have these mm-hmm. conversations about setting up some type of once again um, uh, direction on how you want this distributed to your um, beneficiaries of these states. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyone that's listening, assets over three hundred thousand, definitely want to look at taking it to the next. Why don't we just only have ten thousand, though, Julius? Why don't we only have ten thousand? Yeah. That's still good. That's still that's a work in progress. It may yeah. not be a lot, yeah. but I'd rather for someone to nickel and dime of ten thousand yeah. yeah. than for them to run through it in a month. Right. <laughs> 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 well, I, I, I Julius, I'm for real, bro. Yeah, no, no, no. I know a girl that got. Listen to it. I got. I know a girl that got a million dollars when her dad died. Was broke less than a year. You know what that bitch said? I had a good time. I know a couple of basketball players in their career have made over two hundred million dollars. 
they're broke. One of my clients hit the lottery. He was homeless before he hit the lottery. Him and his mm-hmm. girlfriend living with him, okay, for $10 million, okay, trash ticket, okay? So I reached out to him. took him a while to finally get back to me. But the reason why he reached out to me because um, there's a uh, group of folks that contact people that hit the lottery. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they contact them because they know when most people hit the lottery, they don't take the lump sum. They take payments over time. Mm-hmm. Okay? so That's good to brother, know. Yeah. So what this brother was looking to do, what they do is they make an offer to him. So they'll say in this example, they were saying to him, hey, we'll give you a million dollars for 80% of your payment for the next um, three years. Wow. Now, why did he need um, that million dollars, right? Um, when he, he wanted to make you one life for $10 million, right? So he was averaging something like about, I think it was like um, 700000 a year, something like that, to get the numbers. But the bottom line of it was, was that he wanted to start, uh, he wanted to buy into a franchise. In order to buy into a franchise, he needed a certain amount of money, you know, to um, to satisfy, you know, that he, mm-hmm. he had the funds there. So he was going to use that million dollars as a way to um, show he had certain assets in the bank in order to start a franchise. He wanted to start a gym, uh, um, a, um, a, uh, a gym franchise he was going right. to start. So the problem was this. He ain't paid taxes mm. in about 15 years. He's behind in taxes. Mm-hmm. The other thing was him and his girlfriend had went to the casino and by the time he reached, I mean, um, he had, it's been over a year now, he had had nearly over a million dollars that he had spent at the casino trying to, you know, have lightning strike again, right? Mm-hmm. So he had these people reaching out to him, so he wanted someone to represent him to make it look like, hey, I got some reputation on my side to vent out these guys to make sure they were legit, come to find mm-hmm. out that they were legit. You know, and and come to find out that you know um, it's about a six percent return that they make when they make these offers to a bunch a lot of lottery winners all over the country. Mm-hmm. That they make these deals with them, um, and so um, long story short, um, he ended up because he said he said I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running, so I want to get my taxes right. I want to finally get some life insurance you know, and start doing the right things in life. Well, long story short, he ended up leaving the girl that he was with because he met another girl online, mm-hmm. took the money that the guys gave to him, and, uh, um, you know, um, they ended up catching up with him. But the bottom line of it is, you know, old habits don't, don't um, are, hard, are, hard, are hard to die. So right. he ended up basically doing the same stuff that he was doing before. He didn't, you know running through the money so quickly, being irresponsible. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, and, and, and still owing taxes. But he was still behind on taxes on the money that he had um, was receiving. So when you say about people running through, get, getting, whether it's a lottery winners or, or sports, people like that, if you don't have the discipline and education and really understanding how to manage money, you're going to find yourself broke again. I totally agree. You're going to find totally yourself broke again. Mm-hmm. 
So one of the things that I try to do, because I have a financial talk show that I do okay. doing over 15 years, myself, a CPA, and a retired school teacher. And he brings more of a common man um, perspective to the show. Okay. Question. So, um, you know, I might have different guests that come on and talk about because I really admire, man, <sighs> what you're doing with your podcast. And, uh, and, 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 and I don't really see anybody doing it like, like you. Um, and you keep it so real with, with, with the people, too. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. There's, hey, TK, there's a new show that just caught my interest, and I thought about you when I saw the show. You know what that show is? What's that? The show is called Miss Pat. Okay. BET Plus. Have you seen it yet? No, no, I haven't. If you get a chance, check it out. It's the okay. rawest, realest thing on TV right now. We need a TK show like Miss Pat. Okay. You need your own show, man. Because right when I saw that, I said, I thought about TK. I said, man, now we need a male version of Miss Pat. And I think um, I heard an interview with her on Karen Hunter's show on Sirius X and Karen Hunter's my girl, too. I know Karen very yeah, well. Yeah, she keeps it real. Shout out to Karen Hunter. That's my baby. Well, she was just on our show last Friday. You get a chance to check it out, the interview. Okay. But she was talking about how she got to where she got to and real, real talk. And I said, man, this is so refreshing hearing this type of talk and, um, and telling her story. And I said to myself, well, maybe even though she had her challenges, she's, she's opened the door for someone else like yourself to come right through that and make it a lot easier. Because we need some realness and rawness, man, in what you're doing with this podcast. But anyway, back to the insurance piece. Right, right. Um, what I want to let people know is, is this. Read your contract. Because uh, what I'm finding is that people that even have policies have no idea what they have. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for my education knowledge on and training, more importantly, from this um, financial consultant um, who had the actuarial training, who was mm-hmm. training all these agents that had been in the business for the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. I would have been caught like everybody else with the tunnel vision and just looking at what the company is training me to market when it comes to the masses. Of, of um, public um, with, with these products. Right. So what I'm saying is that um, what makes me different as an independent agent is I do have some understanding of the contractual side of some of these products. Mm-hmm. And, that, and the end of the day is the key because at the end of the day, it's not the agent that you are signing this um, agreement. It's the insurance company. Mm-hmm. So the insurance company what you're signing is a contractual agreement. Right, that's true. And the agreement is I'm going to make this premium payment, and upon my death, <laughs> you're going to pay out X amount, right? But what's in between that contractual side of things? That's the piece that none of us know about, and we're darn sure ain't going to read about. So mm-hmm. by me being independent, the thing I love about it is, is that I have the flexibility to choose which contract and which company is going to offer the best deal to my client. Okay. Okay. So if I'm a captive agent, that's someone that works exclusively with, with one company. So okay. you may see the prime Americas out there, um, the state farm, you know, it goes into some of these names, but the right. thing of it is, is that now I got to sell you because that's the company that I work for because that's okay. the company that's paying me my commission. Right. So who am I actually working for? The client or the company? Mm-hmm. I work for who's paying me my paycheck. Right. Right. Now, all I'm saying is that I'm very limited to what I can do because if I don't make that sale, I don't eat. 
Now, right. you need insurance, so you're counting on me as a professional to be giving you the right direction. And uh-huh. Most people are not going to shop around because more than likely they're going to go to somebody that they know, maybe somebody in the family or, some of them, right. or somebody that, you know, refers them to someone, and they get the policy. Or they got uh-huh. something at their job, and they think they, that's good enough. Well, that's uh-huh. not good enough because more than likely you're underinsured because the job only covers up to maybe your income or double your income. That's true. So you need something outside the job. I'm tired of people saying I'm all set, and I say, well, you have life insurance. Yeah, I got to do my job. Stop that. Yes, and, and, and they haven't read their contract because it's, it's very low. Am I right? It's very low. Very low. It's, mm-hmm. it's up to your income, your salary. Right. These are people with two or three kids, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let me tell you, there was a time when I started in this business even learning from the uh, person that trained me that churn was a bad type of policy to have. What is? Because that churn was a bad type of policy to have. Okay. okay. There was a time in the beginning through the person that trained me. Let me t- this is just give you an example how we can become so tunnel vision based upon who's training us right. if we're not having the ability to really think for ourselves and have the ability to understand the difference of some of these contracts. So what I'm saying is that I was trained that term was not the way to go. Okay. It's all about getting a permanent policy. And that whole life was the worst type of policy that you can have. Mm-hmm. When I listen to the Susie Ormans and the Dave Ramsey, they always say, don't buy whole life. Buy term and invest the difference. And I always wondered, okay, yeah, all right, all right. But don't they ever talk about some of the newer products that actually replace whole life? Do we even understand how we've been got here? So what I wanted to do was just give a brief breakdown. Okay. Council for Life Insurance started in 1759 as the Presbyterian Ministry Fund, okay, which okay. was a decreasing term. What that means is that what they found back then, that people were dying and had very little to lead afterwards to their um, uh, families. Okay. So what they, what, what, they, what, they, what they came up with was that, okay, in the beginning of your working years, you're going to need something to give you some type of insurance in life, but as you get older and start accumulating assets, you're not going to need as much. So what it was back then it was decrease in terms. So over, over the years, the, the amount of insurance would decrease. Right, okay. so maybe you start off with twenty thousand, okay, and then by the time you reach retirement age, that ten, that twenty thousand was only maybe you know two thousand, right? Because right. you got other assets that you accumulated, okay. So that worked all the way up to eighteen sixty, almost a hundred years after. Mm-hmm. Then you had a company called Natalist um, Life Insurance uh, Company, which is known as New York Life today. They were the first company to create whole life, okay? Because when mm-hmm. they found that, even though people were getting older, theoretically, you're supposed to have more assets, but they didn't. They were right. not accumulating more assets, that there was a need to have insurance till death, something there so they could have something to leave because what they found they was not saving enough or investing enough or what have you. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have enough assets, okay? Okay. So, New York Life was the first company to create what they call whole life, okay? Okay. Um, so, in 1970, traditional whole life came under tremendous scrutiny by uh, consumers' advocacy and um, congressmen 
some economic times that changed. And what it changed was inflation. Inflation was going through the roof back in the 70s. Okay. okay? This is back Jeremy Kyle was president. Okay. Congress introduced a bill called the Truth in Insurance, which was led by Ralph Nader. I don't know if you have moved Ralph Nader. Ralph mm-hmm. Nader, that was his claim to fame in really going after insurance companies. However, that bill was defeated in Congress. Okay. And What's unique about life insurance is a section in it called 72E and 7702 where the Eternal Revenue Code allows you to accumulate cash within insurance contracts, which gives you a tax advantage. But not only is the cash value accumulated tax-free, but the cash can also be excess tax-free, mm-hmm. which makes the beauty and magic of life insurance. So back then, the whole thing concept was you buy a whole life policy – the cash within it is tax-free, which allows you to loan out the cash tax-free. Or mm-hmm. if you die, all that, the benefit of that goes to your beneficiary tax-free. Right. So that was one of the benefits of the marketing strategy behind the whole concept of life insurance. Mm-hmm. That once again, something happens to you through death, the beneficiaries receive that cash-free. Also, while you're living, you can borrow from that. Right. Right. Free. Okay. Here's the problem. What was going on in the 70s was that inflation was through the roof. You had CDs giving you 10 10 to 15, 17% in certain areas. Mm -hmm. So Ralph Mayer was like, okay, what's going on behind these insurance, whole life insurance products? We want to know what is the full disclosure going on within these policies. And what they found out after a two-year investigation that consumers were losing billions of dollars in in-the-form and inappropriate life insurance choices, that the savings element within these whole life policies were yielding maybe 2 to 3% on the average. And in some cases, older policies, you may be losing money. So in 1981, policy loans increased from $10 billion to $45 billion. People were borrowing the money out of these policies, surrendering them, and going to the bank and, and buying term and investing difference. And that's where that concept through Time America came, buy term and investing difference. Okay? Mm. So what happened was what they found that there was some disadvantage in traditional whole life. What is those disadvantage? Poor returns on the cash value, average about 1% or 2%. No disclosure on the loads and fees and expenses. Poor exit strategies, expensive loan provisions, which vary between 5 to 8%, lack of flexibility, and many contracts were dividend-driven. Now, when we talk about dividends, we more for, refer them to as, you know, like a stock. Right. But a whole life, dividend is not a profit type of, um, it's, not, it's, not, um, it's not considered a profit. It, what it is is it, a reimbursement of overcharges. So okay. what happens is that they overcharge you up front that's why it becomes a lot more expensive for whole life. They overcharge mm-hmm. you up And as you keep the policy, they give you back the dividends from those overcharges. Okay? In <laughs> the product. Right. So most whole life gives you a guarantee about 3% rate. And then what happens is um, as you keep the product, they, are, they all not declare dividends. Okay. So let's say the company declared 8% dividend, but that's just the 8% dividend overall. They, they, have to, they have to share that amongst all the policyholders, right? right? Because you become a mutual mutual owner. 
But what mm-hmm. is, but what what actually what they are, are overcharges that they're giving back to you. So they're just giving you back their own money. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. I had a client because what I do is analysis for old for people that got their old policies. Right. He had took a loan now, TK, back in the eighties for six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So he said, Julius, okay, I heard the show. I heard that you do analysis, um, but people um, who have policies, I want you to look at my policy. Okay, that loan for $600 grew to $17,000. Wow. Because here's why. The agent told her, oh, don't worry about it. The dividends will cover it. But here's the problem, TK. If I'm crediting you 3%, right, once again, read your contract. What is the guaranteed rate? If I'm crediting you 3%, but you don't know what the charge is for a particular insurance product, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go over the five things people should ask their agent when it comes to their life insurance, the five things they should ask. But you don't know what the charges are, okay? So actually, how much is that being credited 3%, right? Mm-hmm. You pay $20 a month. How much is actually going towards the savings end of that 3%? Is mm-hmm. it $50? Is it $25, right? However... Yeah, she got dividends, but here's the problem. She took a loan out, $600, right? Right. That's how much the loan rate was in the contract, TK. How much? 8%. Damn. 8% compounding, okay, over 20-something years. Right. That adds up. Now, here's the problem. She had, in her account value, about $19,000. Right. So, that thing was about to lapse. And you mm-hmm. know when it lapsed, TK? No, sir. It becomes a taxable vehicle because now you broke the contract. And the mm-hmm. IRS comes knocking on your door and say, hey, you owe taxes on 17000 or nineteen, whatever that loan amount is. You're going to mm-hmm. say, I only took out 600 Yeah. But you didn't keep the life insurance policy in effect. So you didn't keep your promise when it came to using it as a death benefit. You used it as an investment vehicle. Mm. You got to pay taxes on all that compound interest on the back end. Ain't that crazy, Pam? That's insane. So what do you recommend for people? What kind of insurance do you recommend for people to get? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. So the market already made, made changes. So um, in 1981-1983, okay, they came up with new versions. E.F. Hutton was one of the first ones that came up with the called Universal Life. Okay, what Universal Life did, it gave you full disclosure, okay, it rocked the industry. It gave you full disclosure of what was going on eternally within these products. It gave you flexible premiums that you could pay. Um, whole Life doesn't provide you flexible premiums. Okay, it defined the loads, the fees. you know, the current interest assumptions, and it had new exit strategies with loan provisions, okay, that that were a lot more um, uh, reasonable, okay? So, um, and then in 1986, you had variable life, and then you had also, which one I recommend is index life. Okay. That's universal life, okay? So when it comes to, here's the deal, when it comes to a permanent policy, you got, the cost of insurance, which is basically the term size. See, whole life of the uh, permanent policy represents two two buckets. You got the term side and you got the saving side. Mm-hmm. That saving side 
is what's going to de- is, is the key because the saving side is the one that's going to determine how efficiently this thing is going to run, meaning that what is that saving side attached to? Is it a 3% guaranteed rate? Is it going along with, with, with the market like a, like a mutual fund? Is it a fixed rate? Or is it catching some type of index, right? Uh-huh. That's the key in looking at that other piece of it when you talk about a permanent policy. The problem with whole life, it was more um, channeled to a fixed rate, like a three, right? Yes. The problem of that is is that when it came to getting the money out, the loan provision part was like at six or seven or eight. See, that's a negative that, that works negatively against you over time if you don't put that money back in that policy. Because uh-huh. what happened is on the back end, that eight, six percent is compounded. So if you don't put that money back and it lasts, you, you, you know. So basically to do this insurance stuff, do not take nothing out. If you well, can. no, well, no. I, I would say get a policy that's more geared for those type of strategies. So if you're looking to you as as a tax shelter type vehicle, because there's a couple ways I sell life insurance. Number one, I sell it as a death benefit, and someone says, "Hey, dude, I just want something to put me in the ground." Uh-huh. It's real simple. Burial okay. insurance. Right, burial insurance. Okay, whole life is good for that yes. because it's only a small amount. Blah 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 blah. blah. But when you're talking about a hundred thousand and up. Okay, now we need to get more creative on how we're going to um, utilize this vehicle. And so what I'm saying is that if you use, if you want to utilize it as a savings way, okay. Now wherever you are, you break it up. Wherever you are, whatever you just did, go back because what you're saying is so important. I don't want the the, the listeners to miss out. So stay where you are, please. Okay, go ahead. So you need a policy that's going to give you, number one, like any other investment, what is it costing me, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, what's the rate of, historic rate of return on this thing? What type of guarantees I got? Because this is a life insurance type of vehicle. So not only, I mean, I got other investments I'm doing outside this, because I got to make sure that insurance is going to be there. So I need to know that I'm dealing with something that's got me some type of safety and guarantee built within it. Right, right. Uh-huh. And, and, and so so it's important to know these things. So when I tell people about what are the key things you need to know about when it comes to the life insurance policy, the five most important things you need to know about your policy. When you make your payment, number one, what are the up, up, upfront loads? Number two, what are the administration fees? Number three, what are the mortality expenses? That's, a show, that's associated with that. That means, uh-huh. you know, the life expectancy um, cost, okay? What are those expenses? Number four, what are the exit strategies when it comes to me? What are the loan provisions built within this contract if I want to borrow against it? And uh-huh. number five, what's the accumulation account looks like, okay? What is that rate and how is that rate determined, okay? So, when I um, sit down with my client and I know that they're looking to utilize it not only as a life, not only as a death benefit, but also as a living benefit, because once again, life insurance is a great way if you structure it properly to use those strategies to what? Put money in and take money out tax-free uh-huh. down the road. Listen, right. You know, but you got to have the right type of policy to do that with. Uh-huh. And I tell people all the time, Read your contract. Sit down. With well, different. read and understand it. Gotcha. There you go. And ideally, you want to sit down with an independent agent to do that. No, why? Right. Because 
he has no um, obligation to the company to sell you the right. company's product. And if you're right. can shop around. He can get you a final expense. He can get you um, a term policy. Now, I'm going to go back to that term because I hear people said once again, I have had the same same of mine. Oh, term is a waste of time. No, it's not. Let me tell you why term is good. If somebody's just starting out in life, uh-huh. you got one or two kids, right? You're working, trying to make ends meet. So I was talking to this uh, lady the other day, and what I was trying to get her, she, she said, I got, she said, I got a life insurance policy. I got a permanent policy. I said, okay, great. I said, um, what kind of policy you got? Oh, I, I'm not sure. Red flag. Okay, you should know. Right. Okay, let's, let's, let's get together, and I can, I can help you with that. No problem. Uh-huh. I said, how much you paying? She said, I'm paying about $80, $80 a month. Okay, permanent policy. I said, okay. I said, I got you. I said, um, how many kids? I said, how many kids? She said, I got two kids. I said, let me ask you something. I said, did you know for $50, I said, I said are you in good health? She said, oh, yeah, I'm in great health. I said, okay. I said, you know for like $50 a month, I can get you a million-dollar term policy? She uh-huh. said, yeah, but it goes away. And uh, I, said, I said, it's a 20-year term. She said, yeah, but it goes away in 20 years. I said, okay. I said, yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. Uh-huh. I said, here's your problem. I said, you got two kids. I said, how old are your kids? She said, the kids are like, like five and six. I said, okay. Don't you feel you sleep better at night if God forbid if something happens to you while the kids are minors? Uh-huh. Under your guardianship that you got enough money so that whatever dreams and hopes and ideas you have that you're trying to build for them, that will be taken care of for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. So if something happened to you, you think $100,000 is going to help them get them through college? How long do you think that's going to last? That's right. That's right. So, so I said, you got to make sure you got enough insurance to take care mm-hmm. of those years that you got those liabilities, that you mm-hmm. got those responsibilities while they're minors. That's, that's true. term plays an excellent role to be able to satisfy the need while through those years. But he said he could not get over the fact that it goes away in 20 years. He said, wow. I don't like anything that goes away. I said, listen, I get you. If <laughs> you want to get something that's going to be there, let's first take care of our responsibility. Then we can build on that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to pause you there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a two-part series. I love it. I'm getting ready to catch a flight. I had to get my daughter into college. Well, she's been in college a couple of weeks, but I come see her because I'm, for the next um, eight, nine weeks, I won't see her. So I had to do some things for my baby. I'm about to catch a flight. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen, this is the TK Kirkland Podcast. We're going to continue part two for next week with this brother, Julius. In the meantime, September 2nd, through the fifth, catch me at the world famous Atlanta Comedy Theater in Norcross. Yo, hit the link in my bio on my Instagram, TK underscore Kirkland, so you can get your tickets. You know it will be a sold out event. I'm excited because I've been rested up like been there 15 days. I'm ready to roll. Julius, we're gonna do this again next week. To the world, write down, listen to this episode as many times as you can. And what we're going to do, we're going to get Julius to look over your contract, and we're going to get Julius to get you some insurance so you can CYA and cover your ass. This is C.K. Kirkland Podcast. Check out this episode. Tell everybody about it. And be ready for next Monday. We're going to do part two. 
Julius, thank you. Got to go, okay? Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay, Pamela. Yes, sir. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.